stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Okay, well, let's talk about this. Today, of course, uh, is Halloween. Maybe the second best day of the year for for kids. And, uh, I mean, Halloween is supposed to be fun. Uh, Kids get to dress up. They get to go out trick-or-treating. They get to uh, hang out with their friends, eat a bunch of candy, right? It's it's the essence of childhood. Uh, But it seems that uh, parents maybe were too inclined to want to uh, rain on the parade a little bit. There's no shortage of things to worry about when it comes to Halloween. Maybe some things... Uh, more legitimate than others. Uh, we can get really creative when it comes to Halloween paranoia, uh, it would seem. So I want to talk about that. I also want to find out uh, about our next guest's uh, new initiative, uh, Lenore Skenazy, founder of the Free Range Kids Movement uh, and chairman of the newly launched Let It Grow Foundation, letgrow.org. Lenore, welcome back to the program. How are you doing? Hey, thank you very much. Although I just listening to you, I just heard about what happened in my city, New York City here, so I was just looking it up. Yikes. Horrible. Yeah. Anyway, really is. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, let's let's talk about a few different things here. First of all, uh, and of course, we know you from the Free Range Kids Movement. But tell us a bit more mm-hmm. about this foundation now that you've launched. Oh well, let grow is basically we're hoping it becomes a, a word that kids use. That I already heard one mom saying that her kid was using, which is like, "Mom, let grow." Basically, the idea is that we are so overprotective of our kids, and not just because we're paranoid, not because we're neurotic helicopter parents, but because we are, you know, we're raising our kids in an era that basically says our children are never safe. And we could talk about Halloween, how that message just gets out in a million ways. So. We don't let them walk to school, play in the park, go anywhere by themselves, run around in the forest. And it feels like um, because kids have so little freedom, they grow up thinking, because we've told them this, that everything is scary, that they are really never safe. They don't get to solve their own problems or have a spat with a friend and, and, you know, figure out how to get out of it because there's always some adult nearby saying, no, I'll figure it out for you, or that was bullying, or just there's a lot of adult intervention in children's lives, and we feel it does them no good to have that much overprotecting. So Let Grow is dedicated to restoring childhood resilience by overthrowing all that overprotection. And we have a, a bunch of projects that we're starting, and, and I could tell you about them, or I could tell you about Halloween, your choice. Well, tell, yeah, we'll get into Halloween. Tell us a bit more about some of these projects. Then. Oh, well... One of them is really simple. It's called the Let Grow Project. And what's great about it is it's fast, it's fun, it's free, and it's done through the schools. But it doesn't take class time because I know teachers are very pressed. And all it is is the teachers tell the kids to go home and ask their parents if they can do one thing or another that they haven't done yet that they feel they're ready to do. Um, that for some reason they haven't done, like walk the dog by themselves or run an errand or get themselves to school. And because the whole school is doing it, a whole class is doing it, and because it's a one-shot deal, uh, generally the parents say yes. And when the kid does it, it's <laughs> I, I keep being just baffled by how incredibly exciting it is, not just for the kid but for the parent. When the kid comes through the door and they're holding – I don't know, the the bread for dinner, it's like the greatest loaf of bread on earth. Look at that. Look what my kid did. She went by herself. Oh, my God, it's five blocks away. This is her first time. Let's take a picture. They're really proud. And what it does is it breaks the ice because until then, the the parents haven't had, like, 
I don't know what you call them, but like when, when I was growing up, like seven years old, everybody knew you walked to school. And eight years old, you could have a latchkey. And 10 years old, uh, maybe you had a, uh, a paper route or something right. like that. But these these normal old-fashioned milestones sort of got buried in this whole culture of fear. And so the Let Grow Project dusts them off and says, you know what, you can let your kid do a little something. And And parents are primed to love seeing their kid growing up and blossom. It's like seeing your kid take the first few steps, you know, it's like, look at, look at, he's toddling, oh, come on. I mean, I remember how exciting that was. And, and when, when you see your kid walk, you don't go, okay, that was great, now go back to crawling, because, because that, it doesn't work that way. And similarly, once you let your kid do this one little project once of, of, you know, walking themselves to school or getting the bread, it really changes the parent as much as the kid. So, if you go to letgrow.org, which is not a very attractive website yet, we haven't made it look good yet, I'll, I'll grant you that, but if you look under programs, it just explains the Let Grow project, and it's, it's really simple. And then the other program that we're trying to get schools to do is um, giving kids a couple hours after school or maybe an hour before school for free play because I'm guessing, Rob, that when you grew up, you went outside and played after school or yeah. played on Saturdays, correct? <laughs> yes, indeed. Absolutely. Right. And there were other kids outside to play with, right? Yep. Right. Well, that's one of the problems today is that even if you are a parent who wants your kid to have some of the, you know, the rough and tumble and even the social skills that get developed, I mean, not that you have to, you know, always have a cause, you know, a, a great scientifically proven effect, but, but, but playing does give kids the, the empathy, the social skills, the leadership, and the problem-solving that we want them to have. But they can't play if there's no one else outside to play with. So if you have free play afternoons at school, like my kid's school had, you could take robotics and knitting and art, but you couldn't just free play. But if that's one of the options after school, you have enough kids there to play with. So you have a critical mass of kids. You have different age kids to play with. So it's mixed ages, and that's supposedly great for for child development reasons. And the parents know that your kids are safe because they're at school, which they already trust. And so while it's not going to the local park or going into the forest, it is um, something like the freedom that we used to have because the, the adults don't get involved. They don't organize the games. They don't solve the disputes. They're just there in case somebody needs an EpiPen, basically. <laughs> and um, so you have hours after school every day for, once again, kids to be playing and um, coming up with all the, the creativity that, that is involved in that. So between the Let Grow Project and After School Recess or Free Play, we haven't actually even decided on the name, those are two really simple um, Let Grow programs that we think can give kids a little bit of independence again, uh, the, the kind that we have taken out of their lives through overprotection. Yeah, I like the sound of that. So letgrow.org, again, people can read more about that. So let's talk about your piece. Uh, you, you talk about how to ruin Halloween. You alluded to yeah. this, this culture of fear that, that exists today. Yeah. It really manifests itself in weird ways around Halloween, doesn't it? It does. I mean, first of all, everybody thinks that strangers who manage to control their psychopathic tendencies for 364 days of the year finally go wild and poison children on uh, October 31st. But in fact, 
uh, it's proven that that has never happened. There's been no case of a stranger poisoning a child's candy on Halloween. So there's no reason for all these. I mean, I, there's, there's no website that you can go to about Halloween except mine <laughs> that doesn't say you must examine your children's food, you know, candy before it comes home and look for any tiny pinholes and look for any ragged edges and look yeah. for, you know, basically smoke and ticking things coming out of the Snickers bar. Um, so that's just one thing that's sort of the baseline of fear. But what I wrote about in, in my piece today about, I think it's called, yeah, How to Ruin Halloween, um, was, a, uh, a, I don't know, an initiative that's going on in California in the Bay Area near San Francisco by the local police. And you know they were doing this with the best of intentions. But what they're doing is having what's called a trunk or treat. Have you heard of trunk or treat? Yeah, well, and and I I think I heard of it before. Obviously, I've I've read your piece today, so I, I I'm a little more familiar with it now. But uh, yeah, I've heard I've heard this reference before. Right. So what it is is that it's basically a bunch of cars in a circle with their trunks open, right. which always seems scary to me. <laughs> thinking about child abduction, but anyways, in the trunks are candy, and the kids just basically go from car to car to car to car, filling up their bags with candy. And and to some adults, this seems like you know, almost a streamlined version of Halloween. You still get the candy, you still get to dress up, so what's the problem? Well, to me, there's a gigantic problem, and that is that it is denormalizing the idea that kids can actually go from house to house in their neighborhood. It's making it sound like the only thing that's safe is if there are a bunch of adults around watching kids go in a very circumscribed, literally a circle, Mm -hmm. um, to get their candy, and that should be enough for them because they've got the candy and they've got the costumes. Well, to me, candy and costumes are an element of Halloween, but certainly not the only element, because Halloween, to me, uh, was going door to door and seeing what different people had and ringing bells and being bold and getting to know your neighborhood and walking around with friends and being in the dark. And all these things are taken out in the name of safety, but it was safe. The only thing unsafe on Halloween, literally the thing that hurts kids, is cars. So if you have all these police who are willing to do a, a giant party with, with trunks and treats and face painting and um, hand-holding, why don't you just put them at the corners of busy intersections instead and let the kids go out again? There's, it's not like Halloween is suddenly unsafe. We are at a 50-year crime low. So why are they writing this? Uh, the way that the um, police described it, they said it's a safe alternative to house-to-house trick-or-treating and it's like but you don't you know it's like it's like pillows are a safe alternative to blankets i mean they're both safe (laughs) it's not an alternative you don't need an alternative to something that's already safe and then in their rules for the trunk or treating it says it's uh, trunk or treat is free and open to children all children 12 years and younger all children must be accompanied by an adult and i'm sorry that's my other phone ringing gotten rid of that and the point is, first of all, 12-year-olds accompanied by an adult is insulting. And secondly, the whole idea of kids constantly being um, escorted everywhere by adults is also turning normal life. It makes normal life start sounding so scary. You need a chaperone. You can, you can be a 7-year-old with your 9-year-old brother going from house to house in almost any neighborhood in Canada and almost any neighborhood in the United States and be just fine, especially if you're wearing um, some reflective tape and maybe carrying a flashlight for those cars. But instead, now you have to be not only in a circumscribed place, uh, but you have to have your parents with you. And then the, the police department went on and said, all these activities take place with their parents 
slash guardians and police officers close by. So now you've turned it into the most dangerous thing on earth. You need parents and police yeah. um, to watch in a well-lit place, you know, that's it's only children and their parents, uh, as if... I mean, I can't keep haranguing you this way because I feel like I'm not even letting you have a, a, a moment to speak. But doesn't that sound kind of crazy to you, too? It's not just me. Well, no, it, it sounds totally crazy to me. Oh, Absolutely. Good. Okay. Um, again, it seems to me, too, that, that you know, we're, we're, we're contributing to this problem because it seems to me that, you know, whatever legitimate issues there might be with having kids out at night, uh, that there's safety in numbers. The more kids that are out, yes. the more obvious it is that kids are out. That's so true. That's true in terms of walking to school, too. I mean, the more kids that walk to school, the more the cars know to slow down. And in fact, the fewer cars there are because fewer people are dropping their kids off. And these things seem so, so counterintuitive. And I just wanted to read you one other line from from the police. They said, um, kids still get to dress up in costumes and ask for candy, but instead of walking from house to house and encountering strangers, blah, blah, blah. So they've turned neighbors into strangers. And because we've had so many years of having stranger danger pounded into our heads, even though strangers are the least likely people to hurt children, um, our children. So they've turned it into why would you ever want your child meeting a stranger as opposed to something normal which is kids knock on doors they get candy they go to the next one and they start learning around their way around the neighborhood there was a a professor i interviewed from columbia university here in new york city who told me that kids uh don't have a, a very strong sense anymore of near and far and the reason is that everything is a car ride away and so, yeah, it might be a length of time. It might be a 10-minute ride versus a half-hour ride. But they didn't realize that a 10-minute ride is probably someplace they could walk to, and an hour-long ride isn't. And so that's what we're doing with trick-or-treat. We're turning everybody into strangers and every encounter as scary and assuming that children outside on their own is something that they simply couldn't do. And, you know, not only does that make Halloween a lot less exciting, but there are, you know, there are studies that are talking about how kids today have these incredible levels of anxiety. And one of the ways you get rid of anxiety is by facing your fears. And instead of having kids get a little braver each time on Halloween, first they go with their older brother, then they go with their friends, we're turning Halloween into something so scary that they're not allowed to face it. And the less you face a fear, the greater it grows. So rather than helping our kids and making them independent and streetwise and um, and happy, we are putting them in a circle of trunks and saying, grab your candy and let's go. The police are watching, thank God. Yeah. Well, Lenore, we got to leave it there. Again, letgrow.org is the website. Uh, all the best with this, and uh, we'll talk again, Lenore. Thanks for coming on with us. Thank you, and happy Halloween. You as well. That is Lenore Skenazy, founder of the Free Range Kids Movement, chairman of the newly launched Let Grow Foundation, letgrow.org. All right, 974-8255. We are back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.